we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Gratuitous Sex and Violence. The show where we... You know what, Ned? I feel like we should make a pact. Do you want to make a pact? I f- hear yeah. me out. Hear me out. Okay. Okay. Before prom, let's lose our schlock virginity. Ooh. What do you say? Ooh. Ooh. Um. I mean, I'm a little nervous. I mean, uh, don't you be know, nervous. Uh, to write a passage. Okay. Everybody that's fair. does it. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what? Uh, I will. Let's. I. I will take the pact with you. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Before prom, we're going to lose our schlock virginity. Yeah. Now, my name is Orlando. Joining me as usual is my guest, co-host, and roommate, Ned. How are you feeling, Ned? How are you doing? Uh, I'm ready for some hijinks to ensue. Some hijinks? Yeah. You know, now, unless, I guess you already guessed that the the movie that we're watching today has to do with a pact of some sort. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, look, we, we've we've established a pretty strong precedent on this show of, you know, movies that I haven't necessarily seen, even uh-huh. though they're pretty firmly set in the pop culture over. That's so, true. Uh-huh. Um, so so did I know that a pact was involved in our upcoming film? Maybe not so much. Oh, but, really? Uh, ah, so you're really coming to this blind. A little bit. Ladies th- and gentlemen, tonight we're watching American Pie. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> I, I think I think probably of all the movies on this show that I haven't seen, uh-huh. this one probably is going to shock people the most, because American Pie is like... As American as apple pie. A little bit. Like, it's it, <laughs> it, it, it feels like it is, it's just like one of those movies that is like... I don't know. It that that one just feels so ingrained in the like high school, right? They're all high schoolers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in the in the high school raunchy comedy universe. Right. Like that this one's this one's an important one is the vibe I get. Now American Pie, of course, is a nineteen ninety-nine American teen sex comedy. It's written by Adam Hertz and it's directed by brothers Paul and Chris Weitz in their directorial film debut. Okay. The film stars Jason Biggs. Chris Klein, Allison Hannigan, Natasha Leone, Thomas Ian Nicholas, Tara Reed, Mina Suvari, Eddie K. Thomas, Sean William Scott, Shannon Elizabeth, and Eugene Levy. The film concentrates on five best friends who attend East Great Falls High. The guys make a pact to lose their virginity before their high school graduation. So, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird that you, uh, you... you I mean, I, I buy that you haven't seen American Pie, but, okay. but you didn't even know the detail that it involved a pact. Yeah, no, that one kind of... I mean, now that we're talking about it, it makes sense. Like, I feel like it's one of those things I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that, I guess that makes sense. But, like, yeah, I really... I know very, very little about, like... 
any of the things that transpire in the film. I think there's a reference to band camp, right, in this movie, or is we that shall a, see. I mean, we I, I don't know. I feel see. like I feel like band camp may come <laughs> up. I think that's that's one that I heard in the halls of my high school a mm-hmm. lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of snickering at the idea of band camp. So, but but I never thought to interrogate it further. So this movie has a huge legacy. It was a big success at the box office, and it uh, was the first film in the American Pie film series. Yeah, they made tons of them, right? There's a shit ton of direct-to-video sequels. The official cinematic, like, theater, direct-to-theater sequels were uh, American Pie 2, American Wedding, and American Reunion. So it had three movies that went to to theaters, and then on top of that, there's a shit ton that went direct-to-video. Yeah. Um, this movie is available to stream on HBO, so if you guys want to watch it with us, you can watch it there. American Pie 2 is also on HBO, um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to watch the movie, we're going to come back, and we're going to play some trivia, and we're going to have a discussion. Uh, some interesting things about this movie to really look out for. This is 99, so, I mean, the sexual politics, was it, 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 was it a, the 90s were a weird age for sexual politics. I'm, 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 I'm imagining <laughs> that the, the, uh, the problematic conversation will be robust. There's a lot of problematic stuff in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's also the kind of movie where, like, you know, it's it, it, just because something is popular doesn't necessarily mean that it's good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, this is what this podcast is all about. I think that um, we we take those things that uh, that relish in in certain things at the but expense of. There are some there's some good that stuff. we've that we've watched that are obscure but excellent. Yeah, this is like the inverse of that. A little bit. Yeah, okay. this is this is this is some popular stuff. We we don't sit at the popular table right. a lot at this podcast. Right. So <laughs> this is our this is our first pass at, yeah. at the cool kids table. Cool kids table. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of problems with comedies for me uh, that I also want to talk about is how quickly they are um, outdated. I feel like they they lose their shelf life pretty quickly. And a movie that was popular or really funny like last year may not be that great even a year later just because everything just changes suddenly in the world and comedies really depend on that you know the what's popular at the moment to make things funny yeah i think that i I agree with you there that's definitely an issue with most comedy Mm -hmm. that that a lot of it is very reliant on current pop cultural references so um, uh, obviously, there are there are you know a few directors and exceptions out right. there yeah. that there that are great do, comedies that, out that there. do manage to not lean on that. But yeah, that that is definitely a trend that I've noticed in a lot of comedy generally. That there's there's a lot of there's a lot of references of the day that probably will end up being pretty obsolete within a few years. So we'll see yeah. we'll see how mu- we'll see how much of the world of 1999 <laughs> I can remember for the sake of 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 keeping a pace with this. I'm one. excited for you to lose your American Pie virginity <laughs> and then come back and discuss this movie. Oh, thanks guys. All right, we're going to take a break here, watch the movie. Come back in a second, and then we'll play some trivia and discuss. We'll see y'all on the other side. Let's do it. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. 
just watched American Pie. Yeah. So, what uh, what are your first reactions? All right, first reactions. Um have to say like I was uh I was a little bit pleasantly surprised by uh, the amount of heart that it had. Right. Um I I uh I think that uh yeah, there there there's definitely yeah, there's definitely something to this film that it makes sense that it it has lasted in the zeitgeist as long right. as it had. Um, I definitely think that it's not without its it's not without its uh, sort of poor aging in certain aspects, yeah. and um, certainly the raunchy humor is pretty ridiculous, and <laughs> yeah. uh, especially for a crotchety thirty two year old like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who who wants these kids to get off his lawn? Um, yeah, this humor is not made for you, man. Not so much, not so much. But uh, it it definitely had a, a few laughs that even if they were pretty ridiculously executed, you know, still still kind of kept you going a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. This, this movie um, it had mixed reviews when it first came out, but it became this huge hit. It was filmed for like eleven million dollars, and it made like two hundred and thirty million worldwide. Yeah, huge hit, and then kind of reinvigorated the sex comedy genre, which had laid dormant for a few years. But after this, there was a whole slew of sex teen comedies. Yeah, that that's came a, out. yeah, that's a thing. I mean, you can definitely see in this one that, like, you know, it it, it definitely it, it's there's. <laughs> I don't know. I, I maybe will regret making this statement, but it's a little <laughs> bit. It almost feels a little bit like the diehard of the teen sex comedy in a way. You know mm-hmm. that it kind of. It, it seems like it's really codifying a lot of the yeah. tropes and and sort of packages them all in a right. in a pretty cohesive way that that uh, that that like you know relatively successfully sort of pulls off right. those beats in a way that then lots of other movies in its wake try to imitate right. and, and and play up. More. I feel like one of the main differences, because a lot of those movies aren't as well remembered as American Pie is, and I feel like the main difference for me uh, after watching this movie again, revisiting it after not seeing it for many years, is that those other movies, they tend to go, they still, like this one still has, like we were talking about the gross out humor and it's very raunchy, but it's not as mean-spirited as some of those other movies are. I feel yeah. like this one des- definitely has like a sweet streak going through it. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree with that. I do think that definitely, yeah, it, it, it suffers from, su- it, it definitely suffers from like a few a few problematic framing right. issues here and there. But um, but yeah, uh, it's it's not quite as mean-spirited as, mm-hmm. as I think a lot of those art films. And like, and like the mean-spiritedness is why I'm not that, well up on my raunchy teen comedies because like right. i i don't i don't tend to be drawn towards movies that are kind of more nasty like that yeah. and and that sort of you know have that many jokes at like you know other people's expense and stuff right. like that you know what i mean like yeah comedy you know there's there's gonna be jokes at people's expense but i don't know like yeah it's it it can be a little tough to stomach sometimes so this movie was definitely not that bad of an experience when uh when submitting his script to the studio screenwriter adam hertz uh, originally titled it um this is this is the title that he that he had on the script 
untitled teenage sex comedy that can be made for under 10 million, which studio readers will likely hate, but I think you will love. That was the title. <laughs> Boy, he he didn't he didn't even bother with the elevator pitch. He just literally was like, it's read the, the read the yeah. title on the script. It'll tell you what you need to know. Give me some money, please. Um, they later changed the title of it to East Great Falls High, then just Great Falls, and finally they settled on American Pie. Um, Hertz actually based it on some of his experiences while in high school. He also watched some of the classic 80s comedies uh, such as Porky's and Bachelor Party for research. The 80s, I think, is the other time period that was really big with the sex comedy thing. And then and then, of course, American Pie. And, and I feel like the early 2000s were the other time where we really saw a resurgence of sex comedies yeah the title is of course borrowed from the song of the same name you i know you asked me before the movie started <laughs> if we were going to hear the song we do not actually hear the song ever in the soundtrack no no we don't and, and it's a long fucking song so yeah. it's probably fine and and yeah even though it borrows the name from the song it really has nothing to do with the song it refers specifically to a scene in the film in which Jim is caught masturbating with a pie after being told that third base feels like warm apple pie. Um, so, And also writer Adam Hertz has stated that the title also refers to the quest of losing one's virginity in high school as being as American as apple pie. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing is that like I, I, I actually kind of I, – I, I was most impressed by uh, the speech that uh, I'm blanking on his name gives like at prom when he kind of goes and like, you know, calls out this big quest to lose their virginity. And right. he's like, why are we, you know, why are we doing this? Like, you know, sex is not actually that important. And uh, Jim, Jim, Jim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When yeah. When he gives that speech, I was like, oh, OK, like, fuck. Yeah. Like, that's actually kind of really great because like you know i think i i was kind of impressed that the movie does kind of call out the the sort of societal expectation to get laid um and uh, specifically that that you know guys tend to kind of have right. especially like as teenagers um yeah i think that's like that's that's a very real phenomenon mm -hmm. and um the pressure yeah, yeah, that kind of pressure. And so I actually kind of am impressed that this film, which is like, you know, one of the big sort of inspirations for that wave of raunchy teen comedies in the early 2000s, actually does kind of have more of a message about like, no, it's not actually, the most important thing. yeah, like actually live and let live a little yeah. more. So I, I, I appreciate it. There, there's a lot of that, heart going through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a quick rundown of the cast and who played who uh, as we before we move forward. So we have Jason Biggs as Jim. Um, Shannon Elizabeth played Nadia, the foreign exchange student. All right. uh, we got Allison Hannigan as Michelle, which she's, of course, better known as playing Willow in the Buffy the Vampire series. Indeed, indeed. Uh -huh. um, Willow deserved better, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, I mean, she was kind of driving there, though. But we'll she talk was, about. She we'll, was. No, we'll no, talk no, about no, no. Actually, actually, yeah, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle actually, uh, yeah, ended up being a really great character. Um, I, I really like that. <laughs> we got uh, Chris Klein playing Oz. We got uh, Eugene Levy as Jim's dad. Uh, Natasha Leone as Jessica, who is uh, Tara Reid's um, best friend. Tara Reid, of course, plays Vicky. Um, we got Thomas Ian Nicholas as Kevin. Was Kevin Vicky's? 
boyfriend? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And of course, Thomas Ian Nicholas is, is also better known or also known for being in Kid in King Arthur's Court and Rookie of the Year when he was much younger. Fuck yeah, Kid in King Arthur's Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Sean William Scott as Stifler. This is actually his uh, film debut. Okay. And he was paid $8,000 to be in this movie. Damn, man. Right. Yo, so he... He got it for cheap. Yeah, he... Look, he, he, he had quite a career since. He did. He did. This made him. Yeah. And typecasted. <laughs> yeah, good lord. Good lord. We got uh, Mina Suvari as Heather, um, and then we got Eddie K. Thomas, who played Finch, uh, and uh, we also have Jennifer Coolidge, who played Stifler's mom, and John Cho is a, is a, is a cameo appearance as the MILF guy. Those are our main <laughs> That's characters. That's his character's name. Yeah, the, the MILF guy. The MILF guy, I love it. Because he sings in choir, too. He and does. I was like, oh my God, he's <laughs> being so fucking extra at the party, but also he is uh, rocking it out with the jazz mm-hmm. kids. So. And John Cho was the oldest cast member who was playing a high schooler in this movie. Yeah. He was 26 years old. Yeah, now I'm imagining they were, yeah, they, they must have all like basically been in there like right. They were in the twenties, yeah. But he was the oldest one. That's the that's the whole high school casting thing. Just there's never, never a high school movie where they actually cast high schoolers. It, that would be quite problematic, I imagine. Probably, yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. For what they ask of them, yeah. Um, all right, so let's play some American Pie trivia. Okay, yeah. You ready sure. for this? Well, uh, I How you feeling? Confident. I- Oh, you did really good last time. Well, yeah, yeah, man. We'll see. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. I was taking notes during this movie, but uh, we don't know how they will serve me. Uh, this this one actually has a has a good uh, a good mix of, of questions for you. I think. Okay. Uh, it was a it was surprisingly had a lot of details to pull from. Okay, I'm interested. Here's question number one. Okay. Uh, Kevin's older brother, who is played in a cameo performance by Casey Affleck. Uh, tells him about a secret book of sex tips called the Bible, which is hidden where? Uh, it is hidden uh, in the school library. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, I forget specifically where he says to look. It's like underneath the encyclopedias. He doesn't give like an exact position but it's like but, but it's like but it's like it's like it's like it's like hidden underneath one of the bookshelves there's a there's a pull out bottom shelf yeah in the school library he pulls it out and the bible is hidden there right yeah. underneath yeah yeah with all the secret knowledge of high schoolers past yeah <laughs> that um that that was an interesting that was an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the idea of a of a Bible that gets passed down uh, mm-hmm. from generation to generation. Um, did you guys have like any like uh, in, in your high school? Did you guys have like any like tr- traditions? Maybe not like a, a Bible of secrets, <laughs> but like any traditions that were passed down from the older kids. Not really. Not not, really. not that much. I mean, yeah, no. It was just kind of common knowledge that uh, you know during. The, during the last week of school, uh, all hell would break loose with senior pranks and yeah. whatnot. Um, Did you participate was, in senior pranks? Um, not too much. Um, uh, our senior year um, did have like a uh, a silly string and shaving cream fight that oh, actually nice. that actually like 
like there was like shaving cream and silly string remnants like a few blocks radius out from the school building so it it got some spread to it nice. um, so I was actually pretty impressed with that that's um, really cool yeah <laughs> um, all of the traditions that we had in my school were I mean I don't want to like it's always in bad form they say to shit talk your school but uh, my I'm not gonna name my school but I, I went to school in Texas and all, I feel like all the traditions were kind of lame and a little yeah. a little problematic like one of the traditions that we had was um, the the junior boys not all of them obviously but a select few of junior boys they participated in a pageant that was put on by the senior class by like uh, the seniors in the in the student government I believe put okay. it on and it was always during like the um, like like during the pep rally hour but uh, not on a Friday would be on a, on a different day and I think it was usually like a Thursday and it was called the Miss Wildcat pageant because that was our our uh, school okay. mascot. Okay. And so the select few, I think it was like maybe like six guys. Guys. Okay. Had to dress in drag and do a pageant, and then the the school auditorium voted on who won Miss Wildcat. I, and when I was a junior, I actually participated in it. You did. And I got runner up. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. You look, you got to make it work, you know? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. We had to do everything. We had to do um, the swimsuit competition, e- <laughs> evening gown. We had a talent where I played piano and sang a song. And uh, and then we had the like the final question. They asked me like it, you know what would I do if um, for like world peace or something like that, and I said that I would give everyone in the world a puppy. Fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah! I think that's a well earned runner up right there. Yeah, nicely done. Um, okay, so you did great with that one. We started you nice and easy. Let's go to question number two. Indeed, let's get those bragging rights. How does Stifler? Get back at Finch for spreading the rumor that he beat him up. Stifler uh, <laughs> monopolizes on Finch's anxiety about uh, using the school premises bathrooms mm-hmm. by uh, slipping laxatives into his uh, drink and uh, then. Um, you know, pulls a little hijinks with the doors to the restrooms, Mm -hmm. uh, making him think he was going into the men's restroom when, in fact, he went into the women's restroom, where he took a violent, violent (laughs) shit in the company of women who were uh, anticipating whether they'll get the chance to go to prom with him. Infatuated with him just a moment before! And then then, uh, had a massive crowd waiting for him right outside the bathroom door. Um, now, what was he... Do you remember what he was drinking, uh, Finch, his drink that Stifler poured it in? Oh, it was... Uh, well, he he made a point of saying it was a... Uh, that he drink, He doesn't drink coffee, he drinks mochaccino. There you go, mochaccino. So it was a laxative in the mochaccino. Which uh, is an unfortunate combination all on its own. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that already, I think, uh, gives you a little bit of the runs yeah, right that'll, there. That'll, yeah, you gotta be Gum careful. Gum up the works. Got to be careful. The laxative in a drink is a well-used trope in comedy. Um, but, you know, 
they should probably have a disclaimer at some point. You should not do that to people. That can be very dangerous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. Never, never, ever. It's put not that funny. In no, life. no, that can yeah, that can lead to some serious health issues if you get the dosage wrong. Do you think that Finch uh, deserved that for spreading? Like, I mean, he didn't spread him himself. He paid Natasha Leone or, or uh, oh, we didn't mention Natasha Leone is better known for being in Orange Is the New Black and yeah. Russian Doll. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's a great actress, and she's, she's, incre- she's actually yeah, she's really incredible. good in That's this. A, yeah, her her character was definitely one of my favorites in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, um, but so, do you think that Finch deserved it for paying Natasha <laughs> Leon to spread rumors? Well, I think I think danger of of uh, spiking one's drinks with laxatives aside. I I do think that one is definitely overkill. That's a pretty pretty poor. That's a pretty poor way to treat a person on on any day. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, that 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 was particularly yeah particularly overkill. I think I feel like it's interesting how Stifler, he's kind of had this you know. We, when we think of American Pie, we think of the uh, iconic scene with the American, with the pie itself, you know, the fucking of the pie. <laughs> but then the other thing is Stifler. Like, that's sort of like how we uh, absorbed this movie into pop culture. And it's interesting to me that Stifler's character is like the least redemptive character of the bunch. He's actually the one that, he's kind of vile throughout. He never has a yeah, uh, redemptive he's moment. Yeah, he's vile throughout. And he's, and he's pretty, he's, he's pretty... He's pretty much uh, on the sidelines for a lot of the movie yeah. too. Like he's the movie, just like comic relief. Yeah, he's he's purely there. Yeah, and 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 I think that's probably the issue too. Is that I think that like he kind of is these like other raunchy teen comedies of the late nineties or early two thousands personified. Yeah, that like he it, it is that. Like more of those movies tend to go more for that particular brand of humor, right. and yeah. and uh, I think big part of it is probably just to do with the success of Sean William Scott, yeah. the fact that he he was the actor who definitely got like such a big boost, and mm-hmm. and and people wanted more of him and what he brought to the table, right. and uh, so 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 I think more of those movies were then geared to be mean spirited like that mm-hmm. as a result. So yeah, I agree. I agree with that, and I feel like. Uh, he's obviously like filling in that niche that you see a lot in, in 80s comedies of like the um, the the goofy but also kind of like mean spirited sidekick friend. You see that a lot in 80s sex comedies, and yeah. so he definitely fills in that role. But yeah, like I feel like he uh, what is the most iconic performance of it, and and and, and I, part of it is because he's a bad person. I feel like sometimes we. We kind of cheer for bad people because they're so bad, and we know that we can't be that bad. It's almost like the same reason why people why people like Rick Sanchez so much. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody can be that, bad. or a Larry David's like nobody can be that bad in real life. So we like vicariously live through these awful characters. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. There's there's kind of a reassurance there. Um, yeah, I, I think I think yeah, definitely Stifler's character I do strongly associate with like the pop culture gestalt of right. the movie. Um, definitely Jim's character too, though, and, yeah. and I mean, not just for the American Pie fucking <laughs> scene, which again, I feel like there was some part of me that knew that that was coming and right. that that was there. No pun intended. Right. But um, but also just like his character and the relationship between him and his father, I think is yeah. definitely a big a big part of 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 the movies. 
broader cultural impact. Right, right. Um, let's go to question number three. You're doing great. You got two for two. Yeah, yeah. Question number three. Why does Michelle accept Jim's date to prom? Uh, she accepts Jim's date to prom because she is he is, as she says, a sure thing. Uh, she knew from the video that he broadcasted on the web that he was a fucking horn dog yep. who was down to fuck. Yeah. It is kind of uh, one of the great things about the movie in terms of how they structure the plot is how they do somewhat subvert the roles with the Jim Michelle relationship. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of impre- I was actually impressed with with that with that little reversal because I think that again, one of the things you associate most with teen comedies is like uh the sort of delineation of the like segmented school social culture right. that there's this idea that like the you clicks, know, yeah. The, yeah the cliques are are always ironclad and uh you know that that uh, the whole struggle of the movie is like you know breaking out of the limitations of your clique and becoming the cool kid or whatever and um so so I think the whole thing with Michelle's character is actually like a great little reversal of that by by having this this character who like is such a you know band camp obsessed right, kind a geek. of <laughs> geek and 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 then all, and then to kind of at the end be like oh yeah no she actually has like very serious sexual <laughs> desires yeah. and needs yeah. and she just and, wants to get laid <laughs> and definitely wants to get laid and, and uses him as he says so. yeah yeah well and 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 especially like that she makes the point about how band camp is basically sex ed because right. i think again it's like you know that is kind of a big part of the broader truth of high school which is that all the kids have those raging hormones right. it's not it doesn't like, matter which department you yeah, are yeah yeah it's not like any one click is the click that's getting laid. i mean the like, theater department the theater laid. department was sex ed for me i mean yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, it was it was happening everywhere yeah. at, at, at all times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's go to question number four. Number four. What's Jessica's euphemism for masturbation? Jessica's euphemism for when, masturbation. When she's talking to Vicky and she says, you haven't, you know, you haven't made yourself come. She says, you haven't done blank, referring to masturbating. Oh, shit. Oh my god. Fuck. She only has that conversation with her once, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's near the very beginning. It's at the house party. Oh my god. You haven't... Oh, fuck. I don't know. Talk to the hand? Uh, shit! I, I, it is not talk to the hand. All right. Um, the correct answer is double click to your mouse. Oh my god! Double click to the mouse. That was such a good line. It was such oh a my good god, line. I, loved it. I cannot believe I forgot that. <laughs> double click to the mouse. Yeah. Oh my god. Her, her conversations with Vicky, I think, are another like highlight of the movie. I like. I actually kind of. I actually. Vicky and and Kevin's relationship, which is the most bittersweet arc in the whole movie to me, yeah, um, has a lot of introspective philosophizing about the social contract that is sex amongst teenagers, yeah. which I find really really interesting. And Vicky is kind of like the you know 
<laughs> like the mentor because she's had sex and she has like a reputation or whatever and she's sort of guiding um and you know we have like two it's funny that we have like the four virgins and the guys and uh, and then presumably like the the girls the, the three girls are also virgins um but then we have one female character who isn't a virgin, which is Jessica, and yeah. then we have one male character who isn't a virgin, who is Stifler, and how different like their approach to sexuality is. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, and and I think like Jessica, Jessica is definitely like an interesting character because I think that like you know there's there's a certain cynical streak to her to mm-hmm. be sure, but also like there is a kind of. Uh, you know, a, there is also a bit of an earnestness to right. to her approach to sexuality as well. Very and, down to earth, actually. Yeah. And and she gives good advice for the most part. Yeah, mostly. I mean, I mean, I and I wouldn't necessarily. And I mean, you know, none of her conversations with uh, Vicky necessarily passed the Bechdel test or anything. Right. But um, but yeah, no, I actually found their dynamic to actually be. I don't know. Like there was some. There was just there was something like believable about yeah. about the way they talk about it. And actually, like, kind of across the movie, like, I think there's definitely, like, a lot of stuff in the movie that feels, like, a little too larger than life to, and, and that it's more, like, Hollywood's idea of what high school right. is than high school. Yeah. But I think that there's there's lots of grains of truth as far as, like, just the kind of the general the general insecurity that I think everybody has around sex, the insecurity and the obsession around mm-hmm. sex that people have. And, um, right. and, and, and this kind of idea and this pretense that, um, you know, that, that there's like, you know, there's all these rules and all of these, you know, tricks that, that everybody but you knows and, and, yeah. and, the, and, and, and that flies to the face of the truth of the matter, which is that nobody actually knows what the fuck they're doing. Most people are lying. And, right. And yeah. also I feel like the idea a lot of, a lot of high schoolers have where it's like, it, 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 um, calls out like the pressure that a lot of high schoolers have to like find the one in yeah. high school and I feel like in Kevin and Vicky's arc, we get the sense where, you know, maybe these, this person that that you have this, they share this moment with, it doesn't mean that it's not a beautiful moment, but it's okay if it's not a permanent thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate that, that they do actually kind of have that moment where they realize that it's not going to work after high school mm-hmm. between the two of them. And especially because um, uh, what I what I found fascinating, too, was the fact that she's holding out for sex to be a perfect moment. Right. And then when they're having the conversation about him saying, I love you, he's holding out on saying, I love moment. you for a perfect moment as well. And I was like, okay, like, that's, that's actually like, uh, uh, that's actually like a pretty... You know, it's very nuanced. Well, yeah, well, well structured reversal. Because, there. like, I feel like, yeah, like, um, you know, it, it, this is like, of course, really generalizing, but it's kind of like the idea that 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 women um, need emotional intimacy to be physical, whereas a guy needs physical intimacy to be emotional. Yeah, you know, it's like that weird <laughs> that dichotomy that we have, and it fucks up with everything that we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, the, that that societal expectation. Right. Um. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So, um, here comes question number five. You're doing great. You only missed that one question, but that yeah. was a hard question. Yeah. This is another hard question because this is another line. Okay. Uh, okay. This is at the very beginning of the movie. So, 
Uh, we had uh, in the first scene. Jim's mom uh, says that Jim found uh, or is watching an illegal channel. Yes. And then later on, Jim talks to Oz about it. And according to Oz, which channel should be illegal? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it should be the channel with all that woman shit. Lifetime. Uh-huh. What do you... Now, You that counts. I'm going to give it to you. But can you tell me exactly the line that he says? Oh, God. Um... Oh, that—that's all I can remember. That he says like all that woman shit or whatever. Right. All that, all that women whatever. And then he says lifetime. So it's the lifetime supply of pantyhose. Oh that's yeah. What he says. There we go. Yeah. Now Oz is another I think interesting character that we, you know, he's like the jock character and he starts out being really insensitive, but then he really goes on this personal quest to be sensitive and understand women. <laughs> Yeah, and I was and I was really worried because like I I felt like with with his specific journey that like I was I was really worried about the the fact that they were setting it up as this big deception. Right. And the, and 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 I felt like there was this there was this big framing in the film of the idea of sex having to be this prize that's won through a grand deception. Yeah. And I think a lot of movies that came after this one do frame it that right. way. I think it's purposeful in this movie too to kind of make you think that because he yeah. is a jock, you know, and it's not until the speech that the coach gives about scoring that we kind of like see the other side of the coin a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was definitely pleasantly surprised that he he actually does go on this emotional journey right. and 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 grows to actually, you know, have 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 some modicum of respect mm-hmm. for this person instead yeah. and um uh, and and I thought that like his his conversation with her at the prom after oh, yeah, party where he really good where, where he tries to get where he tries to get all the words yeah. out but it also sounds like he's very clearly yeah. propositioning in in a very crude way but 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 then he manages to push through and as hard as in the right ex- place and actually explain yeah that is hard as in the right jock place. with a heart of gold a little bit a little bit all right, so you got three out of five. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it is what bad. it is. Ugh, okay, you got some bragging rights, not oh, all oh, bragging oh, rights. Oh. <laughs> but there's a bonus. There is, yes. Yeah, so you can get some sweet bonus. Points. I I almost forgot that we had a bonus. <laughs> all right, so uh, again. The bonus question strays a little bit from the world of the film, and it's more about filmmaking in general and relationship to this movie. Uh, So the question is, both John Cho and Mina Savari appear in this movie, American Pie. They also appeared in what Oscar-winning film that same year? The year being 1999. Ooh, wait, wait. Mina Savari plays who again? Uh, Heather. Okay. She's uh, Oz's girlfriend. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, okay. Um, that is... Hmm. Oscar-winning film that year. Mm-hmm. Oh With both God. John Cho and Mina Savari. 98, right? 99. 99. 99. Oh, my God. Which is a really great year in film. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. 99 Oscar winning film. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um. 
because like I I can't even conceive because like I I don't I can't even think of any of John Cho's like filmography prior to like I don't know Journey to White Castle and I know that didn't win. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Harold, yeah, yeah. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. So that I know that after that, American Pie, it ain't that one. It's not that one. Um. He has a very bit part, but she has a pretty prominent role in this movie. Okay. I'm gonna just... Alright, I'm gonna take a stab in the dark. I don't even know if this was the year of this film. I'm just gonna say Crash. Nope. Yeah, didn't think it's so. It's not Crash. Didn't think so. You know, I just figured, like, <laughs> when in doubt, pick the most undeserving Oscar recipient. Crash right? was after, a few fair. years after. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, it was American Beauty. <laughs> That's you know what? You know what? I should have I should have just um I should have fucking yeah, I should have fucking guessed that. Yeah. I should have fucking guessed that. I should have remembered Mina Savari was in it. Yeah. Um she played the cheerleader and and I should and I should have guessed based on the name of the film. Yeah, I should have guessed Spacey's character is all being creepazoid about. I mean, yeah, pretty yeah. true to form. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, wisdom in retrospect as they say. A lot of people say that maybe that was an undeserving Oscar movie too. It was one of those movies that was like really great at the time, but now looking back it's like eh, it's a lot yeah, of problems. That, yeah, I th- I I definitely remembered really really liking it. When when mm-hmm. I first saw it, and it's been a while. It's a well-made movie, it. so um, yeah, interesting, interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I should have, I should have guessed that. <laughs> that should have been my dumb guess. That should have been the dumb fucking guess. Cause like, what else for this what topic? Else? Um, and with with American being on the front, like that, that hurts. So you didn't get the bonus, no, but you I got didn't. some bragging yeah, rights. Not a lot. Little, little kind of of milk toast bragging rights, as it were. So. Oh, what, well, what maybe next you time. You'll yeah, get it next maybe, time, partner. Maybe. Um, to replicate the erection in that opening scene where we catch Jim masturbating into a tube sock, uh-huh. the crew cooked a sausage and stuck it in with a pencil wrapped it in aluminum foil. It was still warm when it was placed between Jason Biggs' legs. <laughs> Man, Jason Biggs, uh, I gotta say, like, you know, I, again, I knew that he was a pretty prominent character in the film and, and that a lot of the film centers around physical comedy for uh-huh. him. Uh, I, I think he gets the MVP spot yeah. <laughs> in this film just because, like, man, he did a lot in this movie. He did there do a, a lot. There was a lot of dick propping. There was right. a lot of pie fucking. There was a lot of sexy dancing. Uh, a it's lot of very, thrown, very uncomfortable. Yeah, like, yeah, he, he goes through a lot. Um, I said this while we were watching the movie too that like he's he he's got like a bit of a Xander Harris energy. He does, from yeah. Buffy the he Vampire does. Slayer. He very much um, does. Yeah, it was very very fun. He's to like watch. a big old dork. Yeah, yeah, just like big old big old dork who you know is aware of how absurd he is, but that doesn't help him be so absurd regardless. <laughs> now, we talked about how great his relationship was with his dad. Yeah, yeah. And part of it is that Eugene Levy is just fucking great. Yeah, Eugene Levy's amazing. Um, I, I knew that Eugene Levy was a big part of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he, he started out in Canada. He was uh, he came to prominence with the Second City. SCTV, yeah, Second mm-hmm. City TV. But I feel like this is really the movie that gave him gave his career like a second wind kind of thing, and he's been yeah. writing it ever since. It's kind of an iconic role also. Everyone yeah, remembers definitely. Jim's dad. Yeah, I, I found... It- <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of, I appreciate, like, I think that there, there is something to be said for how relatively sex positive his dad right. is. Um, there, there is a little, a little bit of concern over that. <laughs> His dad is very on board with his son, quote unquote, scoring, I think. Right. Like he's definitely he's definitely kind of trying to push him to like, to, especially with the scene where he talks about the tennis player. About yeah. You, you hit the ball against the wall, <laughs> but you want a partner. Right. right? Like, um, but there is something I kind of like about like his earnestness mm -hmm. throughout. And and he plays a lot of that comedy really well. Um, definitely worst sex talk ever. To bring yeah. out to bring out porn magazines specifically to talk about <laughs> sex and to try to show as like anatomical diagrams like, but the, again that's you know maybe a little bit emblematic of this type of comedy right. that it's like oh yeah a good sex talk is like porn magazines when uh, Eugene Levy was cast uh, he decided to take the role but he insisted that he would improvise his own lines because he disliked how his character was written in the script so in the final film most of the lines are improvised including the part where they're flipping through the pornographic magazines which is why if you pay attention to Jason Biggs character you see him kind of like muffling his laughs in that conversation yeah. because he just can't keep a straight face when Eugene <laughs> Levy's coming up with all of that yeah well and 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 you know I think that um, it, you know in addition to this kind of reviving the uh, you know the, the 80s raunchy teen sex comedy um I think it, it it seems to me like this film also kind of definitely sort of pushed that format of like how improv driven a lot of these yeah. these comedies are because um, mm -hmm. because uh, I'm specifically thinking of like, you know, kind of the the Judd Apatow. Right. Uh, all the frat pack movies, like yeah. old school wedding crashers. Yeah, yeah, like all those movies are are very improv driven. But again, that's something that was big in the eighties, and then it was kind of lost in the early nineties, and kind of made a revival. I guess after this movie, you know, yeah. brought all of that the raunchy comedy back into the zeitgeist. Yeah, definitely. Fair, um, fair. Uh, so Eugene Levy, another interesting thing about him, he's the only actor who appears in all four theatrical movies and. All four straight-to-video sequels. Damn. Yeah, so he's the the MVP actually of the franchise. That's fair. That's fair. I will uh, I will give him that title for the franchise. Jason Biggs can keep it for this film. <laughs> we talked about how John Cho's character is known as the MILF guy. He has that very famous scene where they're looking at the picture of, of Stifler's mom, and he says, you know, that that she's a MILF which MILF stands for Mother I'd Like to Fuck. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, this film didn't actually invent the term MILF. In 1995, Usenet Post initially used the acronym, predating the movie by about four years. However, the film is largely credited with being the one to significantly popularize the term. I was going to say, yeah, if, if not coining the term, it definitely, definitely taught a, a few generations mm -hmm. the term. Right. And um, this film was so raunchy that when it first came out, it was initially rated NC-17. They actually had to make a few cuts to get it really? down to an R rating. Interesting. So let's go to the first of our JSV segments. This one's called Shot, 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 Shot,
There's no violence, really, or deaths in this movie. No, uh, there is a violent bowel movement, There's to a violent be sure. Um, but... I want to kind of look at this, this segment a little literally today. Okay. And talk about the party scene. Okay. Okay, because there are two big party scenes in the movie. They kind of bookend the film. Yeah. And so I want to talk about, you know, like how we, we felt like those... Um, work with our own experiences of high school parties do you feel like you 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 saw a connection with reality there in those in those parties i I mean the 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 high school party as codified by most hollywood films and teen comedies and whatnot i generally find to be pretty unrealistic um it's usually tough to imagine like that many, you know, kids cramming into a house and, you know, not having some sort of adult intervention right. at some point. Um, I will definitely admit I did not go to that many parties as a kid anyway. Um, you know, I think like senior year, I, you know, I I got a little more busy with like a few hangouts yeah. and, and like, you know, hanging out, drinking with friends and whatnot. So most of the parties that I saw and took part in during the high school days didn't have that many people um if it was like at a residence it would usually probably be like maybe a college student's apartment Mm -hmm. like rather than like my parents are out of town or anything like that um i never went to any party like that every anytime i went to a house party parents were definitely there yeah even if we drank I feel like it was the kind of place where parents were like kind of winking at you and and they were making sure that you weren't getting drunk, but they would let you have like a drink or two. Yeah. Um, as far as like parties where it was just a free for all drink wise, it was never a house party. I always feel like it was the popular kids or the richer kids that did that. Everyone else went to the river. We call it the river quotation marks because it was really a dried up riverbed. Mm-hmm. And everyone took like their off road vehicles or the dirt bikes and just like brought a whole bunch of beer and just like drank and yeah. and goofed off at the river. Yeah. I think like uh, one thing I, I did take note of, though, too, was because um, I was I was sort of like I was in with like the other music kids. I was uh-huh. in with like the drama kids and whatnot. So like. Um, you know, cast parties were usually a pretty big yeah, thing. Yeah, cast parties. Like, after most shows, um, those would usually get pretty busy. Um, also, um, like, any time I would be, like, on a field trip with, uh, with like, the, cor- the chorus or anything like that, um, usually there would be a fair amount of, like, social gathering in, like, the hotels we were staying at, and usually, right. like, somebody would be right. able to smuggle in some drinks during mm-hmm. those. That definitely um, happened to me more in college. I, th- I feel like in high school, whenever we, I went on a trip and stuff, I always ended up, like, staying with, like, one of the teachers in a room, and yeah. so we never did any drinking or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, uh, I, I was actually pretty lucky uh, that um, I, uh, I, I, I did a, a an abroad trip to France in my senior nice. year with my French class, and uh, and and actually, our school ended up having to get paired with like another school from like Massachusetts. And your plane didn't fall. And our plane didn't fall. <laughs> yes. Or Astonishingly enough, um, there, was no death. there was no death. Um, but uh, yeah, during our France trip, um, uh, we, we had a, a fair amount of freedom. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I definitely got up to, uh, to a fair bit of hijinks. If you uh, want to have freedom, France is the place to have Yeah, it. definitely. There was one day when like the teacher was like, oh, everybody just go and do whatever. So oh, we were shit. like, oh, yeah, we're going to a fucking restaurant and we're getting some fucking wine and we're having nice. like a proper French 
French déjeuner. Wait, what's the drinking age in France? Um, it's like fucking 13 or something. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no, like <laughs> Um, yeah, no. We we had no problem ordering wine nice. at at uh, any of the restaurants. Very cool. Um, I mean, I mean, that was the one time we were on our own. Um, and all the other meals were like part of this like tour company that we were with. So, uh, so there was only one there was only one proper French meal that we got to have. When we were over there, but people definitely did stupid shit at parties in high school. I feel like it oh, was yeah. it was usually like the bodily harm variety. It was usually like someone trying to do like a stunt or something on an ATV uh, or a dirt bike, and then they flipped over and they broke their arm or skateboarding off a roof. I had a friend who skateboarding off his roof and he filmed it because he wanted to be on Jackass and he fell onto the driveway and broke his leg or some shit. Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember a lot of like hijinks with like. Said there was definitely sex happening, but it wasn't like, but but there was never anything like hijinks sex related, like people pranking <laughs> each other in a sexual way or doing gross sexual things. Yeah, I don't remember no. a lot of that. No, not really. Um, yeah, I have to say, I I was hoping because like you know I think that usually like many of these like you know cinematic high school house parties Mm -hmm. like usually those get very raucous so i was kind of hoping that the movie would have like a touch of violence somewhere and like a fight would break out one of those parties but 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 i would say that like yeah that both parties uh, like i would actually say the parties in this movie were actually maybe a little more realistic because like the first party was not that packed yeah um and then the second party was actually pretty mellow Mm -hmm. um and and it was mainly just like you know a a few clusters of kids hanging around the house and then they all just kind of went off into their own corners the problem after parties was there that was definitely a thing after yeah yeah definitely um yeah i i definitely remembered having uh prom after parties as well so um yeah that 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 the prom after party i think actually rang pretty true let's go into our next segment which is called boob tube i mean the whole movie is about sex so there's a fair amount of sex and yeah uh, quite a bit of nudity yeah i want to ask you a question that we normally ask in like a death killing type scenario but okay but about sex okay uh so what order do they lose their virginity Ooh, <laughs> oh my god this is a good question okay um and i want you to name the couples in yeah. the coupling okay so um there is vicky and kevin they are first yes correct okay great um, after them is, um, after them, well, it's interesting too, cause there's a lot of intercutting, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with like the, or, I'm going with the order of when it's obvious that they're engaging that they're in love in, Okay, cool. Um, so after Vicky and Kevin is, I'm going to say, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to say it's, uh, uh. The, the Mrs. Robinson, uh, Stifler's mom, and what's Finch. It, F- Finch next? Is that right? It's not. It's not. Okay. If it's not them, then it's... Then I guess it's Oz and... Heather. Heather. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, cause again, again, there's a lot of walking and talking between them, and they do, like, yeah. kiss a bit, but, okay, so so they do get but, started. But there's definitely a scene where, where he's on top of her. Okay, okay, fair, fair, fair. And then we cut to 
Okay, then we cut to the Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, Finch and Stiffler's mom. <laughs> Which I did appreciate the song being yeah. there. If we didn't get American Pie, at least we got Mrs. We Robinson. We did get Mrs. So. Robinson. So that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Some 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 hope yet for these kids and their taste in music. Um, and then finally, uh, <laughs> Michelle and... Jim. Jim, mm-hmm. yeah. So... Um, how do you feel overall? We'll talk about one specific scene of nudity here in the next segment. So Absolutely. we'll hold off on that one. Yeah, good call. But good overall, call. how do you feel the movie handled the sex and the nudity? Better than expected. Mm-hmm. The one scene we're definitely going to talk about <laughs> accepted. Um, yeah, I think that... Um, I think that, you know, like I said earlier, I I appreciated that... Before the kids finally, you know, get the big score, I guess you could call right. it. Um, um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel awful that I called it that myself, but fuck it. Um, that I appreciated that there was kind of a realization among all of them about how ridiculous they were being about pursuing yeah. right. sex. And that the journey of the film really is that, like, yes, they come at it from this place of deceit, from this place of, like, that we're going to make this goal our sheer focus, that mm-hmm. we're going to, like, make this pledge, and that we're going to gear all of our efforts towards this end-all, be-all of getting laid. Right. But they do come to a realization about how arbitrary that yeah. quest actually is. They and, learned that and, that's not the most important thing. Exactly, yeah. And, and so I appreciate that. And I and I do appreciate, you know, like we talked about with Oz and Hannah, that... Um, Heather. Heather, fuck me. Um, that that there is, a, there is a kind of a realization that... That, that it's more worthwhile to actually pursue, like, a genuine connection right. with a person. Uh, and that that is more important than, like, you know, succumbing to the hormones and, and getting getting the quote-unquote win. Yeah, Oz and Heather's relationship, that was actually, you know, really sweet and romantic. Yeah, they did a decent... They did a, a, a better-than-expected job of fleshing that out, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I think, you know... I kind of am going back and forth on like Vicky and Kevin because I think that, you know, I, I think Kevin's character is kind of, I don't know. I don't know how he's much the one who's pushing for it the most. Yeah, he's the one who's like pushing for it the most, and and of all the guys. Yeah, and and I think especially just like I think that. While he does kind of have a bit of self-awareness by prom night, I I I still wasn't sure how much I believed the I love you from him when they're just about to have sex. I think it's meant to be played as genuine. Right. But I that, but, but that's why I that's one of the reasons why I appreciate that arc. I yeah. feel it's the most nuanced of them all because because I agree with you. I don't think that either one of them is as ready as all right. That. As ready for anything, the physical, the emotional, anything. Yeah, and that's why Tara Reid immediately after breaks up with him. Yeah, you know they both realize that the the sex, even though it was a beautiful moment that they shared, and they're they obviously don't regret the moment that they shared after yeah. it happened, but it makes them realize that they were putting this thing on the pedestal and being like, "This is what our the culmination of our relationship," but the really. They didn't have the basis of a successful relationship. Yeah, I do think that is fair. And yeah, and I think there is definitely something to be said for the fact that like, yeah, there is something about 
about the way their scene was shot that like on the one hand yeah they're they're kind of you know doing doing a kind of a, a sort of a basic missionary thing right. but like yeah there there was like there was like some sort of weird tension to mm-hmm. it and and uh and yeah it did kind of come off as like a little unsure yeah. and a little awkward and it's a very and, bittersweet arc for me because it's yeah. not the clean cut romance of the Oz and Heather and it's not the and it's not the clear cut getting laid of Jim and Michelle. Yeah. It's just this like weird, like in between kind of thing. And I feel like most sexual transactions, especially at that age, lie within that area, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, th- I think that is actually pretty, pretty fair. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, so yeah, I think that, that, yeah, that one, yeah, that one, yeah, I, I kept going back and forth on that one. And, and yeah, I think that's probably a big part of it. Right. It's the most realistic of them all, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because you're gonna feel, you're always gonna feel a little, little shame, a little regret, but a little yeah. bit not, and you know, yeah, you deal with it, you move on. If you're a, if you're a, a mature person, hopefully, hopefully. Um, let's go to the next segment, which is uh, that's problematic. problematic. I want to talk about one scene in particular. Mm-hmm. Now, the 20th anniversary of American Pie was last year, 2019, and people started talking about this movie again. They revisited, they always revisit classics 20 years after they were made. You that know? they do. And, uh, and this, was, this movie was met with some backlash um, on the news and social media over the film's most dated aspects, but particularly the scene where there's a hidden camera and it involves the foreign exchange student, Nadia, who's played by Shannon Elizabeth. Um, now, looking back, a lot of people think that these scenes were problematic, especially in the post-Me Too era. Uh, and they feel, a lot of the cast and crew feel like these that scene would not have been approved to be filmed today. I just want to get your general thoughts on the, on the scene. Oh, yeah. No, that's a hard agree there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that scene is just a a massive violation of consent like it just it is yeah that is a very very clear-cut case of like sexual assault it's a crime um yeah um that yeah that's just yeah clearly a situation where she did not consent to being filmed she did not consent to that film being broadcast to other people right. um and uh yeah that was insanely ick to watch mm-hmm. um and uh and 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 especially that like there's really not a moment in the film that addresses like that that like there's no reveal there's no reveal of like the fact that that happened and an acknowledgement of the fact that that happened. And like, I think that like, you know, it clearly got around to the whole school. So like, there's no way she wouldn't have found out that it happened. And her host parents sent her back. And, and, and yeah. And so I think that like it, 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 it would, it is astonishing to me that then they have like the, the return gag at the end of the film where the two of them are still corresponding over the internet, because I would be shocked if, 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 if any sort of connection between them would continue after her. No, they remain close friends. In fact, she, in in the second movie, they're still close friends and she's still trying to get laid with him. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I will say that like, it's, it, 
you know, the movie the movie makes a a haphazard attempt to sort of turn the tables on him because he ends up being the, the butt of the joke. He he so does that, that does kind of save it in in the sense not in the sense of how problematic it is, but in the sense of what the humor of the scene is because I feel like if they had just left it at the uh, uh, just the, the Shannon Elizabeth thing, then that it would just like absolutely be like a worthless scene. But because he ends up being the butt of the joke, it does save the humor of the scene a, a, little, a bit. little, a little bit. I mean, that's a thing, and like I definitely, I definitely, you know, got some of the humor right. of that. Um, I definitely still think that it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth, just because like the fact that. The vi- the fact of the violation of her privacy in that mm-hmm. scene, just like, and and the fact that there is no acknowledgement that that's what that was, right. like it, that that it simply no consequences. Tur- yeah, all, all it does is all it does is is flip the script into making him the butt of the joke, but it it doesn't ever actually acknowledge like just like the the toll that that would take on right. a person to find out that that happened to them like it just yeah she would that, not be okay with that yeah like that that just yeah completely yeah robs her of her agency and really just like objectifies her oh, yeah. because basically everybody gets the benefit quote unquote right. of 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 getting to see her naked yeah, and and absolutely. that just like yeah there's there's no even blink 182 <laughs> yeah, yeah, and their monkey. <laughs> Good lord, and Stifler's little brother. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, I think that that scene, yeah, definitely was the most poorly aged part of the film, and um, yeah, pretty pretty fucking rotten. Um, I want to talk about uh, Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, <coughs> she she talked in a 2019 interview with IndieWire um, for the 20th anniversary of this movie about the iconic bedroom scene. Uh, she says, it was just a close set and it was just me in the room with the boom guy above me. I was like, this is so weird. It was a square room they had built in the middle of the warehouse and we made everyone that didn't need to be there leave the set. That's the main thing I remember, just me and the boom guy and trying to make jokes with the directors and make light of it because if I wasn't nervous, maybe they wouldn't be so nervous. I just tried to make it a no big deal. Um, which is brings me to another aspect of this because the scene itself is problematic in the context of the film, but I kind of want to like maybe bring issue to the larger aspect of these types of, of scenes in movies. Um, because like I obviously I feel like if you're an artist uh, and the story warrants some nudity you have to be willing to put you know your embarrassment aside and it's great that that the filmmakers do take steps like having closed sets um to enhance your comfort and um you know and just like be professional about the whole thing yeah but in a type of movie like this where the point of (coughs) the point of the scene is to have gratuitous nudity it's sort of like exploitative not just in the context of the film but it's also exploitative from the behind the scenes context as well yeah i mean that's kind of the thing is that like i think you know the the objective of the scene is to titillate the audience yeah. at the end of the day and so like if that's the choice you're gonna make like 
I mean, look, there are movies that there are, there are movies and there are shows that have gratuitous sex and um, and that that feature those things for reasons that go beyond like actually enhancing the story and right. the characters. Yeah, lots sure. of movies. Yeah, um, and so. So like that is that is a fact of of the of the nature of the business. And um, so I think that like it, it's you know, it's it's a little <laughs> I, yeah, I, I kind of feel a little sad hearing about Chan and Elizabeth's retelling of right. the shoot that like it's clear that she even she was on to the fact that there is something uncomfortable yeah. going on there. And she so, was the one who was like actively trying to make it less uncomfortable by like cracking jokes and stuff with the directors. But I'm like, you know, you didn't have to put yourself in that situation to begin with. Not just her, but like, you know, everyone on the film. Yeah, I guess it's just yeah, I yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's just so unfortunate that, like, there's there's an immense pressure on, you know, female actors, there's I a, think, to do these kinds right. of scenes. And um, I think that, like, you know, nowadays... Nowadays, more production companies do try to take better precautions. There's, like, a, you know, a lot of work being done with, like, um, you know, like, sort of sex scene choreographers right. and stuff like that. Um, so, so like, there's more attention being paid. And body paid doubles. And, and, and body doubles. So, so, like, there's more attention being paid to, like, you know, finding ways to work with the actors in these situations mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, help, you know, to, like, find safe ways to shoot these scenes right. and and to make sure that, like, you know, the actors' own personal boundaries are being respected. Um, so I think that, like, if, if you're going to work with these kinds of scenes, like... It's best it's best to have like telling the best story possible in mind. Um, but certainly I think, you know, yeah, you just you have to <laughs> you have to I don't know, you, you do have to make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah, about safety what's safety going first into it. doesn't just I feel doesn't just apply to like physical harm. It also applies to like emotional harm. Yeah. And I think a lot of like these types of scenes when they're just exploitative for exploitation's sake it doesn't really service the story. Yeah. It's kind of just saying, hey, I got you in this movie because you're hot and we want to see your body. Yeah. And that is kind of shitty. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's law enforcement. And again, it's like, that's, that's kind of par for the course with these kinds of teen comedies. Right. Um, there, now, do you think that there's a difference um, spirit wise? Cause obviously, that scene is supposed to be like a, a modern day update on the whole classic trope, which we see in Porky's in the eighties of the peephole of like guys peeking in onto the girl's locker room, yeah. which is also a violation, but maybe not, it doesn't really go into the criminal aspect because it's not something that's being broadcast over the internet for a wide audience. So my question to you is, do you think that there's a moral difference between the the concept of peeking in on someone in a locker room through a peephole uh, versus um, peeping in through a webcam? Um, I mean, n- no, I don't think there's a distinction. I think that it's it's still it's still a violation of right. the person's privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Um, you know, there's there's like nuances of law to be sure mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, as far as like how broadcasting it over the web, you know, 
has an impact. Right. It can have a, a, bro- a broader impact just in terms of the number of people that right. can see it um, versus like just, you know, looking through a hole yourself. But mm-hmm. like in both cases, you're, you know, you're violating someone's privacy. And it's just fucking creepy. And, and yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's really yeah, it's really scummy behavior. Yeah. And, but and, it's kind of and, yeah, and, framed as a rite of passage in a lot of these movies. Well, that's the thing. And, and again, that like because because like everything that leads up to it, the fact that like, I mean, firstly, because like, you know, when they're setting the rules of their pact and they're saying like, you know, you can't it can't be sex with a prostitute. Right. And they say it has to be valid consensual sex they did when, say they, that, when yeah. they talk about that informing the rules of the right. pact, which I was like, OK, that's good for you for for specifically right. outlining that we need consent right um <laughs> uh but um but then when the opportunity arises that they know that she's going to change after mm-hmm. her ballet class and and all of the guys jump on it and are like no you've gotta you gotta do something right. about it and 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 that they then ha- Unhatch this harebrained scheme to Stifler's like Stifler's idea, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to like, all. yeah, yeah, to like to to set up the camera so that he can broadcast right. it to all of them specifically. Um, yeah, that's just so so holy scummy. Yeah. Um, that, that I agree that happened. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, really 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 poor taste. And 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 specifically the line when they're in the library plotting it out and and one of them says if you can't have the courage to do this, how can you have the courage to have sex with her? Like right. or I forget specifically what the line is, but but that that to they fo- equate to photograph, that, to photograph a naked girl in your room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, so I think it's like that that clearly shows that that this movie is still working within a very questionable, dubious right. question of consent and of what, yeah, of 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 what consent and sex means, mm-hmm. um, and and so yeah, that and and so yeah, I think the like, that that definitely leaves a lot to be desired. Um, just that, like, there's there is no respect for mm-hmm. a woman's agency. There yeah. is simply, you know, again, the movie, the movie you know does take some good steps by the end but there is still this this framing of sex as a thing to be won a thing to be gotten through manipulation and through wiles as opposed to just like a thing that you want and that another person also wants and i think without that scene maybe it wouldn't mar it as much in that in that respect because there is a lot of heart in the movie but i feel like that scene is is a pretty big blight on the yeah. film. Yeah, real Especially big. because it's like, even even watching it, like I watched it for research and then I watched it again today and both times it was pretty uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable not just because I'm seeing something that's quote-unquote wrong. It's, it's uncomfortable because... I am being titillated by it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that, like, all... Yeah, like, every second of that scene is specifically played for for the titillation. There's a lot of male gaze right. in the scene, in how it's framed, and... and uh, you know, yeah, that like, yeah, that that's a thing. Like, so and, this and, is a and, lot and of so, problems. So, so yeah, the whole thing just feels very violating. Um, um, shortly after appearing nude in this film, Shannon Elizabeth went on to do a Playboy spread. Um, after that, she decided to quit appearing nude in films out of fear for being typecast. And she actually later said she called her Playboy appearance one of her biggest regrets. 
So it does appear like, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know if that was like a direct result from this. Obviously, I, I, I can kind of see the scenario where you're like in a movie like this and then Playboy reaches out to you and you're like, yeah, you're not. You're, you played Nadia, the girl who was naked in this movie. Come do a spread for us. And, and it's obvious to me that, you know, she she feels some level of shame and discomfort with her role in all of this. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, like, you know, when, you know, if, if people decide they want to, you know, to to appear, you know, yeah, nude if it's for consensual, a photo, yeah, do like, it. like, yeah, Absolutely. like, like, yeah, more more power to right. you. Um, there's a lot of societal catching up to do as far as just like, you know, the idea of sex sells, but that specifically when we talk about the idea of sex sells, what it usually boils down to is like the objectification yeah. of it's and sexual and 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 the sexualization of women yeah. is is going to be what drives the market for men yeah, and, it's all and and so like that's just that's something that still hasn't necessarily been you know there yeah there hasn't there hasn't been there hasn't been much catch up even today of right. like you know the acknowledgement of like women's own sexual desires or of or of non-binary people's sexual mm-hmm. desires and sexual agency for that matter as well in like broader pop culture right. and so um yeah i think there's yeah there's just there's so much more nuance to be to be found in in sort of everybody's own ability to you know be able to sexually express themselves and um so yeah it's yeah other than we can do better. Other than sex related, was there anything else problematic in this movie that caught your eye? Hmm. Not. I mean, there's there's a, a a fair amount of um you know a fair amount of homophobia, especially from Stifler's character, right. um and and sort of you know you know at Oz's expense for taking part in uh, for being sensitive it, 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 yeah well specifically for for taking part in in being in the chorus right. and all that stuff and um so so that shit doesn't age well mm-hmm. um but say, but again Stifler is not supposed to be yeah he's like an upright character yeah i mean he's i mean he's not he's not supposed yeah he's not supposed to be an upright character but you know, again, there's there's not that much there's not that much reckoning with yeah. just like kind of the innate it's homophobia. Just but it's just yeah, pretty much played for laughs. Um, there's not a lot of um, diversity in the cast, but um, there is some are some minorities in the periphery, but not but not nobody in the main cast. Yeah, not not much. Yeah, not much driving the film to be sure. Um, I, I do feel like overall, though, the, ba- the balance between like the guys and the girls in term, in terms of character development is pretty well struck. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I yeah, I, th- I think yeah, more more attention is paid to the guys it's their and, story. and and it is their story and all of that. Um so so yeah, I think that the film definitely I I I was impressed with the amount of attention that the the female characters got mm-hmm. in the film, I would say, and 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 the 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 amount of detail paid to de- developing their characters, right. I think is Minus Nadia, unfortunately. Minus Nadia. Yeah. Uh the only other big 
problematic thing that I, that struck out to me was the Arabian Nights theme of the prom. Ooh, yes, you are right. <laughs> I I forgot to make a note of it, but yeah, that was very yikes for me. Especially the lead singer's costume was just so over the top, and 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 everybody in the band right. having uh, a fez, having a fez. That was not great. Now the uh, the filmmakers admit in the DVD commentary that the Arabian Nights prom theme was intentionally chosen because they wanted to have the lamest prom theme ever um and i mean i kind of get the intention behind it because prom themes are always fucking lame but i but i feel like having this be arabian night specifically just comes across especially today comes across well, pretty problematic well and i and i think i mean i don't know if there's it you almost have to wonder if there's like a meta joke in there because of like the school being predominantly white and right. and sort of this this predominantly white in a you know a, a it seems like a a visibly affluent yeah. Um, you know, uh, school district right. having that kind of prom theme, like, could have been something that they maybe leaned into a little more and actually, like, you know, interrogated a little right. bit. Um, because because that's actually not necessarily something that you couldn't imagine happening in real life if it's yeah. a mostly white school district, right? Um, so. So 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 yeah, maybe there was a little un, untapped potential for for a uh, for a more pointed social commentary. Absolutely, like have um, like a, a, a an Arab student or something call it out, or, or, or yeah, or something like that. So um so yeah, I mean ultimately the the fact that it wasn't quite so pointed and that it was kind of more invisible casual racism kind of kind of speaks to the problem mm-hmm. inherent right. in it being there in the first place. Um, what about the uh, the seduction? scene between Finch and Stifler's mom. Was there anything problematic there? Yes, yes, yes. That was the thing. That was the thing. Um, It was consensual, and they did make a point to say that Finch was 18, but there's still something problematic there, you think? Well, I mean, (laughs) I guess, you know, there's... uh, He is 18, so... I guess maybe not that much of a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that aside from aside from, you know, the the arbitrary age of quote unquote adult consent being right. drawn at 18, which again, like, you know, there are some countries where that age is lower, some countries where that age is higher. And I think that those, that there will continue to be ongoing conversations there is a debate, yeah. in, in those countries about the, about how problematic those lower ages of consent can yeah. be. Well, um, not just some countries here in the States too. There's and, and, and yeah, some and, places in the States where like the, it's like thir- like 14, 15, 16. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think that like, that aside, um, it's there. It's more. It's more kind of just the 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 broader issue of you know the 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 power imbalance between the two parties. That mm-hmm. like it's a a a friend of a friend of, of your, your son. son. Yeah. Um, so same age. So yeah, like they're like not that, some stranger. So so yeah, him being eighteen years old in that moment doesn't take away the power imbalance of the fact that he is still an undergrad. Yeah. At at, at high school and so I mean, is is that to say that he needs to have you know, you know 
gotten his high school diploma first and had his first week in college before it would be okay for him to come back home and and try his luck again with Stifler's mom. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but yeah, that I think yeah. There's you know it's the the trope of the trope of the of of the high school student aspiring to to conquest uh, you know an attractive an attractive friend yeah right. an attractive friend's mom or something like that you know that that's just more a trope that's a little again a little prevalent uh in these teen these raunchy teen right. comedies and so i think that like you know yeah there's you know there's a real fantasy there and whatnot but like the reality of that relationship is that it's still yeah it still represents a uh, a a power imbalance that dr- brings into question you know the ability of either part of of either party to be able to actually consent to the relationship so uh so yeah i would say that's that that reads is a little problematic in yeah my book. when i first saw this movie i remember that i thought that they were um setting it up for for to for finch and jessica uh, natasha leone's character to hit it off because they were both seemed to be the most mature of the bunch but um but i, I mean i kind of liked that jessica was kind of like the loner of, of the that she wasn't yeah, I mean, I appreciated, yeah, I did kind of appreciate that about her, that they didn't feel the need to couple her off right. or anything mm-hmm. like that, that, like, she she had her own game going on, mm-hmm. she, you know, she'd done plenty of exploring for herself, and was more than happy to keep her options open, yeah. as she says, and, um, so yeah, I, I think that Jessica definitely, I think, is is a pretty well realized, nuanced character and played very well by Natasha Leone mm-hmm. as well. It's just a really good, savvy performance. I mean, Natasha Leone is just wise beyond her years. She is, like yeah. you, you can you can see like the just you know yeah the just brilliant sort of you know right. calling your bullshit person that she is yeah. now mm-hmm. in this performance. Yeah, even. it's pretty. It's pretty fully striking. formed. Yeah. Yeah, so um So, did you go to your prom, your high school prom? Yeah, I did. Did you go to one or both? Uh I went to both junior and senior prom. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, there yeah, there's not much not much to say really. Um Yeah, I mean, I I I went with a I went with a friend. Um nice. so uh I wasn't in a relationship with the person I, mm-hmm. I went to prom with. Um but uh You had a good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, we all had a good time. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Nice. I was, I, I, was, I was, yeah, my, I, I, I think there was like a, <laughs> there was like a love triangle among my friends that was more the, the was more the subject of <laughs> drama. So, so, uh, there was so always going to be drama. So yeah, my, my drama. end of the prom was was relatively low drama. Nice. I would say for the most part. I did not go to either of my proms. No, I purposefully skipped them. Yeah, in were, fact, were you were you were you just a, a rebellious soul? At yeah, the time? yeah. I wasn't into I, I was a nonconformist. I wasn't into getting told to do things and I was yeah. too cool. I was too cool to go to prom. In fact, I remember for my senior prom, I went to the bef- uh, like with a bunch of friends, we went to a pre-prom dinner 
And then I, I like they show up and they're like dressed elegantly and stuff. And I'm just like dressed like a slacker. And they're like, yeah. they're like, you're not going to go to prom? I'm like, no, I'm just here to have dinner. Fuck we yeah. went to this really nice Italian restaurant, too. And I was like the only one who didn't have a date. I was just like eating. And then afterwards, I was like, peace. And just <laughs> left. <laughs> so 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 you say you were a nonconformist. So so when I think about the cliques of my high school, mm-hmm. so like there was a definite like goth clique. And then there was another clique in my high school, which I would designate as the non-cons, the non-conformists, right. whose style somewhat evoked the style of the goths, but was like a little more casual. Not we were emo as, kids. Not yeah, not not quite as heavy on the makeup, and yeah, a little a little more of the emo aesthetic. Yeah. So, so that was that. Yeah, we weren't we weren't goths. Fashion? We were emo kids. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So so yeah, a little, a little overlap there yeah. uh, in my. And I was a theater so. kid too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No. And 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 yeah, there was definitely some some theater emo overlap yeah. in, in my school as well. But I remember even like then even within like the drama club there was a, a I was always causing trouble because like our 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 drama teacher she was first of all a piece of work and uh she was always like making like these things for us to do like parties or you know banquets and stuff. And I, there was like one time where I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to that. And she got so mad that I wasn't going to it because everyone kind of looked up to me for some reason. And uh, she was like, you know, you everyone like you're, you're like the unofficial leader of the drama club. And and if you're not going to be there, you know, she just got so, so pissed off and just laid on laid it on me. And I'm like, I didn't realize it was that important. Jesus, just high school. <laughs> like even back then, I was like, this doesn't mean anything. And uh, but yeah, I ended up going to the banquet anyway. But yeah, whatever. Uh, all right, so we're winding down our discussion for this episode of GSV. Ned, American Pie, what do you think? Bad movie? So-so movie? Good movie? Great movie? Where do you land? I kind of land in the so-so realm. Okay. I think that, you know, while I can appreciate the heart that the film had, um... You know, it's it's not that well aged, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's it's a decent enough execution of the raunchy teen comedy format. Mm-hmm. Not the greatest format to begin with, though. Right. Like I think, as yeah. far as like you know, as far as comedies. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, I, I I don't know. Like, look, I will freely admit that it's a bit of a genre discrimination thing for me. Like, no, I me too. I, I like, share your bias. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I definitely, yeah. am just personally biased against that genre. Right. So, um, so that said, you know, it, it is still not particularly to my taste. So, um, while it, while it may be a better executed example of it, it, it doesn't necessarily do enough in my mind to, take it past the so-so realm Mm -hmm. so i think you know it had a it had a few cheap laughs some of which i did legitimately laugh at yeah it's Um, a funny movie and 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 you know i appreciate and i appreciate some of the heart that it brought into it definitely you know definitely has a lot of growing up to do (laughs) i agree i think it's a so-so movie i would definitely give this a mixed review as well um i feel like um Comedies in general are just like really hit and miss for me. I feel like uh, if I missed that window of, of opportunity of seeing a comedy when it was meant to be seen, then when I finally watch it, I'm always like, eh, what's the big deal? 
And this is kind of like similar to this because I did not watch this movie in 1999. I actually saw it a few years later yeah. when I was like, uh, I think like a junior or senior in high school. And uh, and I was just like, eh, not really impressed with it. Um, a lot of, you know, it's a classic for a reason. There are a lot of iconic scenes. Yeah. There's a lot of iconic characters that have kind of like bled into our pop culture understanding. And we... And we associate certain things with this movie, and you know that's fine. Um, but at the, end of, at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's a it's a funny movie. It has its laughs. It's not a consistently funny movie. I, I don't. I wouldn't call this a barrel of laughs. Um, there are a few funny scenes, and then there are some scenes that kind of truck along without even jokes, really. You know, and yeah, um, it does have a lot of heart. I will give it that. So that kind of elevates it, like you said, from some of the other sex comedies that came after it, in- including the sequels, which I feel are are not that great. I mean, American Pie Two is is pretty inferior compared to this, and mm. um, and we all saw how this one stacks up. And, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I feel there's a lot of problematic things with this one, and maybe I would give it more of a benefit of a doubt if it wasn't so problematic, but especially that one scene, it's just... It's just a little too much for me to forgive, yeah. I feel. Like, you know, you can say different time, different place. And I kind of feel that for the movies of the 80s. That's the funny thing is, like, those movies, when I look at them, I'm like, yeah, definite other time, other place. But a movie that was made in 1999? Yeah. I'm like, come on, you guys. Like, you yeah. should know better. Yeah, and 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 I I I can hope that even in the year 1999 if i had seen it at that time that maybe i i would hope that i would have been kind of as aware part, yeah. of 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 the ick factor there yeah. um you know it's it's tough to say in retrospect right. um but you know we're we're all always learning mm-hmm. and uh maturing but you're always maturing, um, and uh, yeah, this this film had a, had a bit of a ways to go. So yeah, it's a definite so-so for me as well. Well, that does it for us. That uh, brings us to the end of another episode of GSV. Ned, thank you for watching American Pie with me. Thank you for having me. I hope that you join me next time and we'll watch another movie. Um, we'll, we'll come back to a comedy at some point. Hopefully, yeah. you know, find a better example of a comedy. Find one with like good level of schlock to it. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, in the meantime, we'll just go back to our bread and butter and just watch schlocky, schlocky horror and uh, and science fiction. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we hope that you guys at home come back and join us for another exciting episode as well. Until then, don't make a pact. Just live your lives. Go out and watch some movies. What yeah. do you gotta lose? Not your virginity. <laughs> I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. Just sex. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence. Just sex. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. You guys always bring the very best violence. Just sex. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence.